Terminal është podcast i juj për temat e teknologjis, inovacionit, ndërmarsis, tregimeve të sukses nga vendet dhe diaspora, njerëzve frimëzues e herojnëve lokal. Zotë mërkur, nga ora 11 në Urban FM. Përshëndetje, kjetë dhe gjuzve të Urban FM-it, jemi në 103.5 në 105.5, kjo është epizodi nëmër 25 i podcastit të Terminal. Një podcast që është një bashkëpërdhim i Radio Urban FM dhe Innovation Center Kosovo. Sot kemi me shku pak ma ndryshë, sot kena me full anglisht. Sefte për ja bojmë një podcast e një epizodin anglisht, për shkak se mësafiri jo më karsteni, gjerman, nuk dinë edhe shumë i shqip. Për para se me vazhdu dhe mi tregu se kushur mësafiri jo, ndesht a veshtë edhe një përshkrim të karstenit, kushur është karsteni. Uh, edhe po kalojnë gjunë angleze Karsten Klopp was born in Germany and decided together with his wife to move and live in Kosovo and open a business They have started Go Beyond with a vision to create a sustainable product to serve Kosovo and the Western Balkans Go Beyond has started to build research centers for sustainability production on high quality insect protein in Kosovo Pra kemi të bëjmë me ne biznes jo të zakonshëm um, they operate close to Pristina, like five miles um, away from the city center. In November 20, 2020, Gobion started experimenting on insect protein as a new agricultural branch for the region and tackling the growing protein dilemma, which is that by 2030, already globally 60 million tons of protein will be missing annually on human food. Pra, sot e kemi një mësafer shumë të veçant. Karsten uh, është pjesë e komunitetit tonë në ICK me kompaninë e ti Startup. Në stashtë për dja mujna me thonë Startup, për shakë se këta kam fillu në vitin 2019. Uh, por Karsten vjen prej uh, Gjermanis edhe para prakesh sa ka qenë atje, është marë me industrinë automobilistike. Ka punu me një industrinë auto, me, me Fave, me Audi, po që ka vendosë me ndryshu kompletë. Edhe pësa një parë që rame fullë sëtë është pësa ka vendosë më ardhë në Kosovë për Gjermanis E ka shumë shqiptarë që jetojnë Gjermani, po kjo ka vendosë për Gjermanis më ardhë me jetu në Kosovë Carson, welcome to Urban FM and to our podcast Yash Ben, thank you for having me It's great uh, meeting you, happy new year and hopefully this will be a really fruitful one uh, In terms of health and business as well uh, Let us talk about your decision to move to Kosovo first. All right, so it's it's getting quite a bit philosophical at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, you know, my wife, she's from Philippines. Uh-huh. My uh, aunt, she's from Ethiopia. You know, my, my brother-in-law is from Iran. And you see, we are quite an international um, family. There's more I could tell. And you could say uh, the United Nations... <laughs> yes. the family yeah yeah I don't hear that for the first time yeah. <laughs> and um, you know um, in our in our view the whole world is just one country you know and, and mankind is the citizens of this one country which is also inspired by our religion yeah uh, where we believe that uh, the unity of mankind is something that needs to happen. Yeah, that uh, basically all the peoples of the world um, identify as one family and, and work together as such. Like the human body, you know, all the elements go together mm-hmm. as one. And, um, you know, our kids, they are big, they are out of the house. And my wife and me, we thought, where can we go? Where could we uh, contribute something which we have learned? Yeah, and after 
uh, talking to some friends, somebody um, uh, suggested Kosovo. And I have to admit, I have never thought about Kosovo at all. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not so far from Germany. It's, yeah, but uh, And the picture I had was kind of, um, uh, let's say, cloudy. So next day, my wife and me, we booked a ticket and uh, to Pristina. And both of us, when we when we approached the airport and we saw the green lands, it was in June, we immediately knew that's our home. Yeah, so we, we touched down with the plane, we came to the passport control, and then the officer, you know, look at my passport, Karsten, Deutsch. And he continued speaking in Deutsch to me, and I said, yeah, what do you want here? He asked. I said, I want to live here. Are you sure? <laughs> he said, yes. Heide, welcome. You know, and um, since then, whenever we cross the border back to Kosovo, it feels like going home. Yeah. Perfect. And we are here. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, uh, who, who was that person who told you about Kosovo back in Germany? Oh, it was it was a friend. You know, it was I, Albanian. Uh, no, 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 not yeah. Albanian. Yeah. And um, so we just uh, went on, on this adventure. Said okay, let's let's just check it out, you know, and then we just went. Here we are. This is amazing and quite interesting story. I know we have heard it uh, for so many times, but we wanted to share it also with the public of uh, our radio. And then it's like um, you just entered the fifth year in in Kosovo. Fourth fourth year fourth is completed. Years. Now we are in the fifth year. In the here. fifth year. So uh, we go back to 2019 when you uh, came came to Pristina with a business idea. I wanted to go more deeper into the Go Beyond story mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to share it with, uh, with the community as well. And this quite, uh, how to say, unusual change of the business and your engagement coming from the automotive industry into something that is really not automotive at all. I mean, you know, my, my last job uh, was in an engineering office and we did all the engineering to build um, uh, robotic manufacturing lines to build the car bodies. Mm -hmm. And um, it happened that uh, one day there was a startup in Karlsruhe near Stuttgart mm -hmm. uh, uh, knocking at the door of our office. Uh, four young people came in, said, you know, we are growing insects and we need a robot to grow insects and to automatize the, the process. And um, I have to admit, um, I did not want to spend my time on them. You know, yeah. come on guys, let's talk about something serious. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 listen to us. I said, I had to come. Yeah, so um, they came into our uh, um, office and they presented. And then I remember the slide they showed and they uh, made clear that in 2030, You know, which is in, in uh, six years, less than six years, 25% of humanity will not have enough protein to eat. Yeah, um, of uh, Humanity is growing by number and the surface of the earth stays the same on which we can produce food. Yeah. And it even gets less because we destroy our soil. So we have... Or we build. We build, we... we We uh, destroy the the foundation on which we can grow enough food, and, and uh, so it would mean the way we grow food now, we would need 1.7 Earth surfaces to feed all humanity, and it doesn't work. 
And um, then coming to Kosovo and knowing that at some point um, uh, I have to earn my money here, um, my wife and me decided to start Go Beyond and to grow, um, uh, to experiment with insects uh, for protein. Yeah, and so in in meantime, you realize that the guys that came to your factory weren't kidding at all. <laughs> They were not kidding at all, and. Um, And uh, before that, I have never thought about food. I have never thought about sustainability. Yeah. Greenhouse gases was not something I would really care about, you know. And uh, then this whole journey of circularity and um, sustainability in terms of uh, food production started. And it's quite exciting. Yeah. Hey, yeah, let's go deeper into Go Beyond now um, because it was quite quite interesting. At the beginning... Uh, I tried those insects uh, back in 2020. Just uh, I think it was October during the uh, the startup innovation fair in prison. We were together. Uh, it was quite challenging at the beginning, <laughs> but I did it, and in a way, I felt quite proud <laughs> for using that insects. Uh, but let let us tackle this pro problem of protein protein uh um for the future and how it works because i do believe that this is the future of the food industry yeah we we won't have um much soil in order to produce mm. and match our needs in the future we have read a lot of stories the sign during the science fiction like you will have the lunch in one tablet so we'll just uh, get, get a tablet your lunch and then you will just fulfill all the protein needs and other carbohydrates and everything so tell us more about this it's quite interesting i mean you know i love eating meat i have to admit yeah yeah and along this journey i uh, i tried to become vegan um, it didn't work but uh, basically um, what we need to admit is that one of the biggest co2 emitters globally is meat agriculture is, is animal agriculture yeah so uh, this is the first that uh, when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions it's not the cars it's not the ships it's not the planes it's animal agriculture animal. which is at at the top of the list so that means here something needs to happen the second is that for animal agriculture um we are speaking on a global level now. yeah uh, um rainforests is cut down a lot in South America and the rainforest is uh, extremely important for global climate yeah and um, uh, so besides the, the 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 food scarcity which is coming with the existing system already we add climate uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions uh, cutting down uh, rainforest and other negative uh, impact uh, on soil, on a um, um, environment, which tells us that agricultural system, the food system which we have, must change. It will not work. Yeah. And um, this is why alternative protein sources is a huge issue also on the agenda of the um, European Union and other governments. How can we produce protein in a different way? And, and one of the ways is this insect-based. Yes. So. Yes. I mean, two billion people in Asia are eating insects on a daily basis. For us, it's quite a mind shift to im imagine we could eat insects. Um, uh, but, I mean, insects are just one way. There are different ways also to explore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And so we started uh, to explore with insects and um, uh, it was quite exciting. And I think this was also introduced to Europe. 
you have mentioned Germany and France. Yes, and I mean in, 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 in France, for instance, there is a company they received probably by now more than 500 million euros in investment. Uh, in investment just to rear one insect and already create a monopoly. It yeah. makes it very difficult for all the startups around to, to survive. And are, are they selling them in France, in Europe or? All over. All, yeah, all over. All over. And I think now the countries have adopted their legal system in order to yes. accept prote insects that's, uh, I mean, for the human consumption. I mean, it uh, can be easily done. Yes, yes. The, the European Union is quite advanced now. Yeah, so that um, different insects are approved for, for human food, mm -hmm. also for animal feed. And the, the, the charming advantage of, of using insects is that they are completely circular. Mm -hmm. uh, circular in terms of you can use organic side streams from the food industry as food. And then you harvest the insects for whatever you want to use them for. And the... the, the Uh, how you say um, the excrements uh -huh. of the insects is a very highly potential fertilizer um, and uh, regenerative also for soil mm -hmm. yeah so nothing is wasted zero zero yes yeah. it's quite if you want to explain circular economy or business this is the greatest examples on I how mean, it works it is a mindset we need to develop also that basically uh, whether it's in agriculture or in industry that we need to learn to connect Yeah, to really create circularity and using all the elements which we have as, as, um, as uh, raw material for something new. Yeah, to really design waste out of the system. Yeah. And insects are a very nice start to do so. And like in these kind of businesses, you use uh, probably some certain uh, kinds of insects. It's not every insect, right? It's different insects that can be used. Um, I mean, uh, we did experiment with the mealworm mm -hmm. yeah, uh, or the meal, uh, uh, which is common everywhere. Yeah, the flour mills, they try to fight it to get it out of their system. <laughs> and we are um, uh, rearing it. Them. <laughs> yeah, yes. But there's also another insect, um, uh, the black soldier fly. Yeah. What was the, 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 the beetle one, the bug that you used to... Uh, having different exhibitions like was a black one I yeah, didn't this, try that this is you know the, uh, the insects have different stages okay yeah and um, and uh, the the larvae before it becomes the bug is the one you harvest this is the one which is very high in protein mm -hmm. and the bug is called uh, uh, meal beetle the beetle yeah yeah uh, Then a brio monitor. So you don't eat it. Uh, the beetle you don't eat. No, no. You no, don't no. eat. I mean, but you use that for. Uh, it's just for reproduction. Reproduction. Just mamas and papas, you know. And, and and they were alive. Yes, yes, yes. Of alive. course. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, the beetles is just for reproduction. Production. And it's the larvae that is used then for protein. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. perfect. I think. Yeah, we are in 2024, but yeah, we'll reach the time when we'll try to experience some pilots. What were some of the main challenges of operating this business in Kosovo? I know we have mentioned the mindset, which is quite important. Um, yes, I mean, uh, the, the first challenge is to find, to find staff mm -hmm. to work with. But then, you know, uh, uh, we found uh, some wonderful uh, young people, some of them from University of Pristina, from the Faculty of Agriculture, mm -hmm. and um, to, to start a team. And um, they are now the first uh, 
uh, insect rearing professionals in the whole Western Balkans. That was the first thing. And um, the second thing I think is really um, um, uh, making people understand that this is not something weird. Yeah, that it is something that uh, builds uh, part of the foundation to create future. Yeah, and um, on that side. And I realized when, when talking to people, you know, and, and when pe once people understood what is the background, you know, then it, it was no problem also to, to try, you know. And um, uh, of course, I mean, here in, in Kosovo, when you grow a business, there are different problems that everyone has and challenges. Yeah, also we had. And so um, in our first try, we failed successfully um, with that business, but we are not giving up. Yeah, I mean, this is what an entrepreneur does. They don't give up. Otherwise, you know that we at ICK have this, this fuck-up nights. Mm. So as soon as uh, you'll get ready, we'll invite you to, to come and share some failure stories because, you know, most of the people learn from their failures. And it's something that we need to teach our new generations is that to fail is okay. And I remember that, um, that we have mentioned a lot with Uranic as well, is that in the U.S., different business incubator accelerators and investors uh, tell their young entrepreneurs fail but fail fast this is quite important so you can yeah. rise again and try in different ways I mean you know when I started Go Beyond um, I was a project manager so I, I, I knew how to run a project and I thought running a business is not much different but it is Yeah, and um, I, I realized one of the most important things is to do my homework before investing the first euro. Nice. Yeah, doing my market research, talking to potential customers, understanding the legal environment, understanding the challenges, all connected to really get a product to the market. Just to do the farming is easy compared to that. So. Um, I think uh, uh, one of the big lessons is uh, really sitting back and doing my homework. Yeah. Perfect. This is something that we all should learn from from others. Sometimes you you better learn from others' mistakes uh, and have a look at what they did uh, with a certain business or business idea. Uh, you told me that being a farmer in school in Kosovo is not a good or it's it's not it's not easy. You told me that usually people. Uh, describe you as Katonor while dealing with the farmer, right? I mean, right? The, th I mean <laughs> the thing is that uh, when you know when, when you look at uh, the very core of society farming or farmers are one of the most important professions a society can have like teachers or doctors yeah so those three I think are essential and uh, no farmers no food very simple And um, I think one of the challenges we have here in Kosovo is how we uh, look at farmers. Yeah, and, 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 um, and I often hear this word, katonar. And, and this is not fair because it's the farmers who provide us with life at the end. Yeah? And um, I think uh, what we really need to do is to, to support the farmers uh, in terms of giving them appreciation for their work. And appreciation is not only by word, it's also that I'm willing to pay for good food. Uh, money with which our local farmers can live. Yeah, And um, most of our food here in Kosovo is uh, imported. 
You know, yeah. when we go to the supermarkets, we see the, 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 the flags under the products. You hardly find flags from Kosovo. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's tragic. It, it is tragic. And, um, so I think, uh, we, we need to get together and to, to rethink agriculture locally, nationally, and internationally. But we can do something here already. Yeah. And as you mentioned, of course, in Kosovo has uh, a great climate. Like we have four seasons, good soil, quality soil. You have Rovši Dugarjinit, you have Rovši Kosovas, mm -hmm. a lot of mountains, but still you have uh, some parts that uh, aren't really touched by the, by the human hands. A lot of people left. I see now some inspiring stories of people who lived in diaspora and are coming back to their villages. I heard a story of a guy who bought 300 cows Uh, opening the farm, the other guy who came here and uh, like uh, dealing with tomatoes and other vegetables. They are quality food that you can produce in Kosovo. It's like, yeah, as we said, it's tragic to import, for example, onions from China or yeah, and some, some other places. I mean, we have the challenge. I mean, I'm not a specialist in agriculture, yeah. really, but it's just uh, the reflections I have and what I um, studied so far is that um, as, uh, on the one hand, imports are cheaper than the production costs of many farmers for, for their produce, so they stop producing. The second challenge which we have is lands are very small. Yeah, because of inherent uh, inheritance, mm -hmm. lands are divided. Mm -hmm. And um, a third thing also is um, uh, we do not have enough people who want to engage in agriculture and to work on the fields. Yeah, and uh, so I think that uh, one one aspect we need to look is how can we encourage young people to get engaged in agriculture. That means we need to develop also business models that work. And we need also to think of how can we innovate agriculture? How can we increase the knowledge? How can we increase uh, the necessary technology that also on small lands we can produce uh, profitably and have also the market here in Kosovo to sell? And if you were to advise like the government of Kosovo in this case, in terms of developing agriculture and the food industry, What will you be like two or three of the main advices you could give them? That's a big question. Yeah. Um, what What should be the path that we need to follow, Karsten? You know, I think first of all, we need to have a vision for agriculture that cannot uh, end at the end of the legislation of a current government. It has to go beyond. Second is agriculture is very much connected with mindset. Yeah, um, and it starts uh, with the consumers. You know, how much food do we throw away? If we teach our children to, to grow a tomato on the balcony, and if the children understand how much effort it is to grow one tomato plant that I can pick the tomato and eat, we will not throw so much food anymore. And at the same time, we understand that good food costs. True. Yeah, so I think uh, the the second thing besides having a vision is um, education. Yeah, and it starts in the kindergarten. Yeah, and uh, uh, primary school, secondary school to really appreciate food and to understand the food system. And uh, and then third is that um, uh, we need to uh, develop a program 
to make it attractive for young people and families to go back to the villages and to start with agriculture. Because it's the villages who produce, it's not the city. Yeah, the lands are around the villages. And this goes very much together also, and here comes the educational part again with, we need to learn to collaborate. Yeah, and um, um, this is something maybe which sometimes is difficult for us in, in, to, to collaborate between different farmers, different families. But if we want to have um, a profitable system in a village, we need to learn to collaborate. It's also educational and awareness raising. Amazing. Uh, you said that the villages are, are the places that produce the food, but you also have mentioned the vertical gardening. And it is quite buzzing topic also in the big cities. Uh, is this something that we can do in Pristina? Of course. I mean, vertical farming is really exciting. Yeah, so also at home, you know, I, in... Uh, yeah, mash the tomatoes in the balcony. Yeah, the tomatoes in the balcony, microgreens in the bedroom. You know, it's you can do so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, and um, you can use rooftops. You can use empty offices. I mean, we have quite some probably spaces here mm-hmm. in Pristina, you know, or uh, flats. Um, I'm just I'm just imagining the rooftop uh, of the Palace of Youth and Sports, the huge one. Amazing, you know, like turning put it some the green. greenhouse on top, yeah. and it's a huge uh, can become a huge producer. And um, uh, the the challenge with vertical farming uh, in many cases is you need a lot of energy meaning light and uh, climate, meaning temperature, humidity and so on. And uh, so this is something that needs to be found a solution that um, uh, the benefits of producing in an urban environment um, are not getting lost because of high use of energy on the other Mm -hmm. side. But definitely urban farming um, is something which I would uh, highly encourage on the educational side, but also, you know, for a family, you can, you know, for your everyday consumption, produce some of, of uh, the food you, you eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do we have any, like, uh, uh, cities that are really known for the uh, vertical gardening? Uh, I, I, I would need to lie. Probably, just probably to, South America, I guess. Um, maybe. I don't know. But also, I, know, I, would, I would think that in Holland. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, there would be quite some cities that are much advanced. Also, uh, in, in Berlin, I would uh, assume that vertical farming in the city. There's quite a lot happening. Yeah, this is also part of the educational system. This is something that is quite important that you have mentioned. Um, and also mentioned the food waste. Uh, you remember one time we started at ICK with uh, UNDP piloting a program on food waste. Mm-hmm. It's something that it can. Uh, you have a lot of challenges on impl- implementing that in Kosovo, and I remember, like for example, in Japan, if you don't finish the plate that you have ordered in the restaurant, you'll get charged extra. Yeah, because you are wasting food and you are disrespecting, you know, yourself first um, when you order. That's why you have different portions, and as Albanians, we usually go for the biggest one. And then we end up uh, leaving the place. You, have, you can go to the restaurant and see the place mm. or half full uh, when you leave the restaurant. It's something that it really needs. It, it goes from the primary schools and educational system. So that's something that you imagine that you grow a potato because while growing, you see that it takes time. And then it's not just like coming up and throwing in somebody's car. It's something you need to appreciate. No, it really is. And... Um 
And I think we need also to to regain this general skill of growing food. Not that everyone needs to become a farmer, mm -hmm. but um, uh, if you understand what it really means to grow food, definitely the whole, whole food system will change. It is. And also includes uh, probably the challenge of investments coming out from diaspora. We know that now we have a big uh, amount of money going into the ICT industry from German-speaking countries and also the US. But let us just remind them to also consider agriculture. And it's something that we have some, 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 some moves and some initiatives that are taking place. No, I think um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, in, in Kosovo uh, we, we can be able to produce um, a significant amount of what we need for daily consumption ourselves. Yeah. And um, you asked me about advice for the government. Um, if I may add this thought, I think we really should make a point of um, how can we ensure that um, everything for basic food consumption we can produce ourselves and are not dependent on imports. Yeah, And that's quite a challenge. Yeah, and it would be a big um, shift in uh, um, agriculture. It would be a big shift in also academic education. It would be a big shift also in uh, uh, research and innovation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if we can do this, it also makes us grow together as a society because yeah. we can produce our food ourselves. It also channels the investments. Yeah. I mean, when you give them a map and you tell them which are the possibilities and opportunities, then, yeah, it's the vision, of course, and we are mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. So we need to have our own, how to say, economic identity in order also to attract the investors. Kosovo is small, can be good at everything. I think we should have some key priority sectors. And this is the big challenge, and the big, challenge, the big um, chance and opportunity we have here in Kosovo. We are small. And within a small uh, community, you can do things much quicker if we want. You know, Germany is huge. If you want to get something done in Germany where you need support from different institutions, my goodness, that's really a challenge, you know. Yeah. But here we are small. And our smallness is also our strength. Yeah. Yeah. And let's use it as our strength. Yeah. Why we are talking about this small country, what are some things you like? about living in Kosovo. Because, you know, uh, as Albanians and as citizens of Pristina in Kosovo, you hear a lot of complaints from people here. But just like, let, let's identify some of the the good sides. Oh, there's, I mean, my wife and me, we love Kosovo. We just love to live here. And we identify ourselves as, as uh, Kosovars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, we love the people. You know, um, when we when we came to Kosovo, 29 of December, we went to Albi Mall, and uh, it was I think uh, 31st. Yes, I, I I lost my bag, uh -huh. and there were quite some important things in my bag. So we went home. I realized the bag is gone. It was uh, Albi Mall was closed, closed first and second, so third I could go, and. Um, When I approached the um, the coffee shop where I lost my bag, the guy saw me and held the bag up and said, "Here it is." 
and everything was in you know um, amazing it is really amazing you know you can you can walk throughout Pristina with your with your phone in your back pocket you know everybody can see nobody will take it you can feel safe walking at any time of the day through the city um, and uh, but what I what what I really appreciate it is very easy to meet people you know to get to know people to become friends with people and um, uh, you know if you want to go for a coffee in Germany maybe you have to ask for an appointment two weeks ahead you know? <laughs> and here somebody calls you I'm in the park come down for a coffee Heide, Heide. You know? <laughs> that's it I said, wow and uh, I like this spontaneity you know yeah. and um, I also like people are more relaxed you know sometimes I mean with my German thinking some is too relaxed Yeah, but um, in particular, when it comes to to um, uh, relationships, this is wonderful here in Kosovo, you know. And um, uh, often I, I, I speak to youth who would like to to go to Germany, and I say, you know, um, Germany is, I mean, it is a wonderful country, no doubt. Say so when when you come there, you have to invest a lot of time. Uh, and energy in particular of energy not to be alone but here in Kosovo you have to invest a lot of energy to be alone <laughs> right correct and I mean life quality at, at, uh, in its very essence is made by relationships by the people you meet by the people you are with and for us uh, um, life quality here in Kosovo is very high because of the people and you have a lot of friends and we have I mean and I, I need to say publicly we at ICK love you guys uh, vice versa yeah <laughs> it is but you know that's true because you know in small communities we we are a family uh, when, I, when I invited Carson to join our podcast I said I mean let's hear a show, story not of Go Beyond but of you and ICK because we are a family and as a community we try to to help each other it's something that you uh, are afraid to ask sometimes when you are in the Western Europe. Uh, yeah, people will just go pass by. I mean, there is more empathy There is in this part of the world. There is. And um, even though, you know, sometimes uh, amongst us here in Kosovo, we are a bit rough with each other, but still we care. Yeah, we do. And this is, this is a quality you don't find so often. So, I mean, and... Uh, it is really worth living in Kosovo. It is really worth investing time and energy in Kosovo, and it's really worth to 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 work hard, even if simple, to make a living here in Kosovo. Yeah. So let's let's build our country. Ela čustot kolegu je da šokujem gente gentšalja skomo bomir po kenam bomir. So we need to work a lot. Because Kosovo is small uh, and uh, it takes some efforts in order to make it more livable, more prosper and to develop it as a country. I remember when uh, the war in Kosovo ended in 1999, Karsten, everybody was looking Kosovo will become uh, a Switzerland in the next 25-30 years. And uh, it's quite difficult for the time being, but I think with a new generations that are coming up and uh, people who are educated in the Western Europe and the US are coming back now investing 
We have a lot of companies that are being founded and funded by the diaspora, and which is still one of the main sources of income uh, and uh, potential investors in our industry. Uh, let's move to another topic and come back to business later on. Uh, something I've read about Karsten and I didn't know before is his belief. And uh, uh, here is Baha's faith, Baha'i's faith. Tell me more about this. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just want need, need to 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 uh, go back. I just I just came from Japan in October, and I've read a lot about their different uh, uh, faiths uh, as a country, and quite intriguing, interesting to hear that it's something that they say that what makes me comfortable and happy. Mm -hmm. That's my faith and belief. I mean, it's true that um, um, you know. Uh, adding to what you have said about Japan is that I believe that life is physical and spiritual at the same time. And that we are not only physical and that life doesn't end when we die. Yeah. And um, uh, um, as Baha'is, Baha'i is the, the, the youngest of the world religions. You know, mm -hmm. it started in the uh, end of the 19th century in Iran. You know, and um, And uh, Baha'u'llah, uh, the founder of the Baha'i faith, uh, speaks of the unity of mankind. Yeah, as I said before, like one of the main um, uh, concepts in the Baha'i faith is that the earth is one country and mankind is citizens. And he says that now uh, humanity has, has come, uh, in, entered a time where technology has already united the world, but now it As, as, as human beings we also need to learn to connect and um, uh, so at, at this point the, the Baha'i faith is, is uh, still young but it is spread all over the world so wherever you go you find um, uh, Baha'is yeah. and, um, and, and what I particularly like uh, um, and what also made me decide to, to, to become a Baha'i um, I mean, I grew up in a Baha'i family, uh, but still um, uh, Baha'u'llah uh, speaks of the independent search for truth that everyone has to decide for her or himself uh, what religion uh, I want to have or mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. Was that religion is something that it needs to integrate, that we are all one, yeah, and that um, uh, this unity is the... the um, The driving force of development. Development. That's quite, yeah, short and simple. Uh, in an interview for uh, the Kosovo German uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, Karsten stated that even though the situation in Kosovo is difficult for the youth, uh, I am convinced, no, certain that its future is great. Everyone should contribute to it. Uh, by leaving the country, we won't make it better. The young people we have in Kosovo are wonderful and well-educated. They have vision and energy, and when they start to work together, the country can be a different country in just a few years. Let's build on this. How do you see Kosovo in the next 10 years, Karsten? I mean, I think that uh, Kosovo has the potential to... to... Um, 
take a significant role in the development of the Western Balkans. And I mean, for me, Kosovo is also a bridge between the cultures which we have here in the Western Balkans. And our biggest um, treasure are the youth. Um, and uh, so if we learn to give the youth the, the room and the space to, to develop their talents, uh, to, to support them to build a vision for Kosovo and to, to develop their own way to work towards that vision, I have no doubt that Kosovo has, has uh, a bright future. Yeah? And here I see in particular also the private sector as one of those who, who have um, uh, responsibility because it is the private sector to provide jobs, to provide opportunities and to help youth uh, to, to un unfold their talents and their capacity. And, um, uh, and here I see a big opportunity. But we need to give this space. The space, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, it's quite close to 45 minutes. You're talking. Karstini, pak para se morë në këtë podcast, më sa që komu këty për një kohë shumë shkurë në Gjermani, për vizitën familja atje. Mirë për do të këthejet. Karsten, you will be back in Germany for some days and all weeks. But I wanted to hear when you're back. How can we reach you? And if someone from the private sector or academia or a friend is willing to help move forward with Go Beyond and also the food sector and agriculture, uh, what we can do best to help you and support in your mission. Uh, let's organize probably a meeting at ICK, a big, how to say, a mini dollar conference <laughs> in a way so we can tell them what's coming up. But yeah, as Karsten said, he's doing his homework um, and as soon as he's ready, he will let us know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so we, we have some ideas. Some of them are a bit crazy, but probably it's the crazy ideas that sometimes uh, make a difference. So we are not giving up. Yeah, and we are very uh, thankful also, uh, in particular, for the support of ICK and uh, also the upcoming opportunities to, to continue collaborating and also to, to find ways how to grow something which we believe... Um, can contribute to something better. Perfect. Thank you so much. And one thing I'm promising you is that by the next time you come back to Kosovo after Germany, I will promise you I will try to uh, have some tomatoes in my balcony. I will Send do it. Send me pictures. Yes, I will. I will. Yeah. That's a promise. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for Great. your time. It's an amazing to have you. I'm glad to see you. Uh, say hi to your wife and kids. And... Hope that everything's good in Germany and we look forward to receive you stronger uh, when you're back in Kosovo. Thank you so much, Korsten. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm